0: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan.
1: Welcome to another episode of the WAC Podcast. Your hosts, Kendra Sheehan and Eric Danner here. We got a lot to talk about. The Senior Bowl is finally here. Game is this Saturday, and we have not one, but two players from the WAC that will be featured in the game a former WAC athlete is headed to the Super Bowl and Lamar women's basketball head coach Aqua Franklin will join us all that ahead but let's get right down to business let's get right down to it let's start with (laughs) national women and girls in sports you didn't even tease that I know I just thought we're
2: starting with it
1: burying the lead (laughs) if you will well it happened yesterday so that's true you know
2: it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And I did see a tweet about this, that it was ironic that it happened on Football Signing Day. Uh, so maybe not the greatest coordination of when these days happen, because, oh, because Football Signing Day, of course, being uh, all male. Yeah. And the National Women, you know, two kind of major things happening on the same day. But want to give a shout out to the National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And you have some more on that, don't you?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I am a lady. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was a great day to uh, really blow up social media. Of course, I was too busy looking at all the other women posting their incredible uh, stories versus uh, well, looking at the signing day posts. But, you know, it's good to blow up social media and see that, you know, there's a space for everybody um, and and women belong in sports, especially coming after um, when Mina Kimes was pretty hated on for her take on Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, so I,
2: I would say hated on by Jeff Garcia. Yeah. There are certain, you know, people agreeing with him. I would say a vast majority, at least from what I saw.
1: Yeah. We're, we're, we're
2: siding with Mina Kimes, who I think does a fantastic job. Used to love her on the Dan Levitard. Remember when he did a show with his dad? Yeah. And Mina Kimes would be on there. Yeah. That's when I first... Was introduced to her as a talent on ESPN and done a great job on NFL Live. So, shout out to to that. And also, we mentioned last week you were going to be a part of the Galvanize That's right. Boot Camp, and you did this this past week. Tell us a little bit about uh, that experience.
1: Yeah. So I mentioned a bit of it last week and um, I didn't get to go into the second day of it. So the first day was all the women, it was 35 women and we met and we shared different stories. There were different workshops within the, I think six hour boot camp that we were together um, just learning off of different people's experiences and, and how to separate yourself among the crowd. But on the second day, we got a chance to speak with some of the guys in the shrine bowl and they were paired up. So we spoke with roommates. Um, There were two different sessions, one for the East, one for for the West. And I got to speak with the guy, Josh Johnson, who's from Tulsa, wide receiver from Tulsa. And he was actually, I saw invited to the NFL, uh, combine. So I guess he must have impressed some scouts there. And what we did is we really worked on,
2: um, hey, alvanized... and, and he did this on zoom. Just yeah. So people yeah. It out. was
1: supposed to be important in, in person, but unfortunately with the pandemic, they moved it virtually, but we were all talking about how awesome it would have been to be in person because it was just super cool to, they were great over zoom, but like we felt it would would have been even better in person. Um, and so galvanize is all about who not do. So it's not, you know, what you do on, on the field is important, but it's who you are as a person. So when you talk to a lot of athletes, they say, you know, everyone always asks me about my stats, but rarely you find someone asking you like, who you are, what you do off the field. And so that's just as important. So we left all the football talk, all the stats behind because we knew these guys were obviously good. They're at the shrine bowl. They have a chance to showcase themselves in front of NFL scouts. So we just got to, you know, the deeper parts of it. And and a lot of NFL coaches and GMs are going to be asking, you know, what is something that you've overcome or what's your biggest regret? What is something that people don't know about you that you can't Google? And so we were working on getting those answers while also, building our own interview skills. So there was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, shout out to Josh Johnson for um, being invited to the NFL combine <laughs> and I'll look to see what well, other one, uh, guys will be hopefully invited to. And
2: and to me, those are the more interesting stories. As you mentioned, they're all good yeah. at that level. Uh where, you know, we cover division one sports. So everyone who's on a team in our league was a standout high school player wherever they played. Yeah. high school, at, you know, at different levels. So the backstory that that's always what's uh, very interesting to me. And we, we're going to have a couple of those coming up in, in just a minute or two here. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Matt Gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Matt Gay, the Los Angeles Rams kicker. And I know you're looking up some stats there, but we'll jump into Matt Gay and then go back to your to, to what you're looking up there. Uh, He was a soccer player at Utah Valley. We mentioned this, I think, on the last show. Kicker for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, selected for the Pro Bowl. Not going to play in the Pro Bowl because that's this week, and he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl in the Rams' home stadium of of SoFi. But an interesting story there, played one year of high school football. Goes to Utah Valley, plays soccer, decides he wants to give football a chance again, goes to the University of Utah as a walk-on was the backup kicker, wins the job, winds up being the top collegiate kicker in the nation, gets drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plays a year or two there, gets cut by Tampa Bay, and now he's with the Rams and one of the best kickers in the league. So you just never know where your path is going to go. I mean, that's, you know, he, he goes from from playing collegiate soccer to football, and I, I know you are a soccer player yourself, and don't know that's if right. you've had it chance to kick a football through goalposts, it's, it's a pretty different skill.
1: Yeah. You know, I've actually never done that. Can you believe it? I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta try it because, you know, I wonder, uh, um, it's a
2: different shaped ball, obviously. And if really? you have a strong
1: Football's leg,
2: <laughs> but not everybody who has a strong leg is, is necessarily going to be a good field goal kicker and or, or a good soccer player for that matter.
1: That's true. Oh, that's very exciting. Very unique story.
2: Okay. So what were you looking up here, Kendra?
1: I wasn't looking up anything.
2: <laughs> You're looking up some stats here. Okay. So to, to go along with football and to so it would have been a better segue to go from the <laughs> East West Shrine game to the senior bowl, yeah, which is this week. So it's it's this all-star bowl season where the NFL scouts get a chance to look at players up close and personal, talk to them. And and we have as you mentioned at the top of the show, there are two players. Yeah from the whack now in the, uh, senior bowl this week.
1: So we already knew that Zion McCallum was going to be going to the senior bowl. He had accepted his invitation. He was actually invited to the shrine bowl, but he accepted to go to the senior bowl. Um, he's on the American team defensive back. He was a great player, but just recently, as in yesterday, yes. it was breaking
2: news, if breaking you will. breaking
1: news that he would be joined. There's
2: the microphone right
1: there, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Wide receiver Jaquez Ezard yes. has been added to the American roster. So they'll both be playing on the same team. And he actually, Ezard played in the NFL PA bowl back on January 29th. And he was the first guy to uh, catch the first touchdown of the game. So I saw numerous tweets from different media members that were at the NFL PA bowl that were saying that Ezard was impressing. He was doing really well. And so he had, nearly 1500 receiving yards at Sam Houston, 15 touchdowns in his two seasons that he played for Sam Houston. Before that, he was at Howard, but pretty cool. That's Saturday, February 5th, 1230 PM. So the senior bowl will be Saturday, February 5th at 1230 PM in Mobile, Alabama, where my sister used to live, the actual founding spot for Mardi Gras. If you didn't know.
2: Fascinating news there. Uh, Jakez Ezzard, uh, as you mentioned, had some pretty good stats this past year. What a receiving core the Bearcats had with Ife Adei, Cody Crest, and Jaquez Ezard as well. Of course, they won a national championship in the spring and then uh, advanced to, they they won uh, a game in the FCS playoffs this year uh, before falling to Montana State, who went on to the FCS championship game. Also uh, happening uh, this week, uh, we, you had a conversation with Lamar women's basketball head coach, Aqua Franklin.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the Cardinals had been on a bit of a win streak. They've won five of their last seven games. And uh, now they're on a four-game homestand where they're seven and two at home. So this is an opportunity for them to be able to get some big wins at home uh, as we're sort of near in the last month before the tournament. I can't even believe it. It is
2: five weeks away before we go to WAC Vegas and Aqua Franklin also mentioning. So they play UTRGV tonight as we're recording the podcast here on Thursday. Uh, their men's teams played last night. UGRGV coming away with the victory on Lou Hill Tribute Night. A big night for Merrick Nelson with a career-high 30 points, and that one is three Vaquero players scored over 20. They beat Lamar 93-79. to 79. And on the men's side, as we stay there, Seattle U continues to be the story in the league. They got two big wins last week over Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston. Sam Houston uh, of course, the week before, beat both Grand Canyon and New Mexico State. So Seattle U, the only unbeaten men's team in the league, but it doesn't get any easier for them, does it?
1: No, it definitely doesn't get any easier for them. But their last two games, Sam Houston was one of those teams that we thought was underrated, and then they came out and they were 8-1, and one. now they're 8-2. and two. But to come out there and, and they were down, they had a 19-point first-half deficit. And to lead by as many as 22 points in the second half, And to come away with a 78-63 win, I mean, who can beat them? You look at their schedule. I mean, there's definitely, well, New Mexico State, they've never won in Las Cruces. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a tough one for them. And then they're also playing on the road at Grand Canyon. We know that environment's not easy. And that'll
2: be tonight. That'll be Thursday at Grand Canyon. And of course, the Lopes always tough at home. They did lose this past week to New Mexico State. So they're actually on a three-game losing skid after losing to Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin on the road, then losing to New Mexico State. So you got to think GCU, they're they're not going to want to lose four in a row, that's for sure.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, when I spoke with Aqua Franklin, I kind of got the general gist that, you know, it's February. So the time is now to start playing your best basketball as we head into the tournament. And so to have a four-game losing skid, is not great to start February now is the time to be getting those seeds playing your best basketball gelling together and then coming into the tournament with a lot of momentum so yeah maybe you know they lost three in January lost three row in January and now February's their month
2: the other thing as we start getting closer to Wag Vegas is the buys which are gonna be huge as we get closer uh, we're playing on Tuesday we're gonna have the seven through ten ranked teams playing on Tuesday then they play on wednesday so the three and four teams will have buys one and two doesn't play till friday so if you're one of the top two seeds you you uh have a little mini vacation if you will in vegas until friday so that's going to be huge as well when we're looking at who's going to be playing who and we're seeing you know seattle U's having a, a, a great season new mexico state sam houston if grand canyon gets back on track you know where do they fit in on that? So those are all going to be things. Well, we'll be looking at the last month of the season here.
1: Certainly. And, you know, with COVID-19 protocols playing a factor, a lot of teams have been playing down, uh, Seattle, U played in the short in rotation against Sam Houston didn't Mm -hmm. affect them. Clearly they, you know, came out in the second half, pretty strong, but, and we hope that all our athletes will be healthy and safe, to be able to make it to WAC Vegas. But then that plays a factor. You got, you know, maybe you don't have your full roster and then we see injuries and then, you know, you're having to play all these games back to back. That one, one and two seeds can be very important.
2: And our WAC featured game of the week will be that Seattle U visiting New Mexico State. As you mentioned, they have never won in Las Cruces and that will be an afternoon affair on Saturday. That'll be at four o'clock mountain time. So you want to check that out on ESPN+. Plus.
1: Oh, that'll be, I didn't have any Saturday plans. Now I do, <laughs> <laughs> but how about Utah Valley? They're a team that that hey, they were kind of up and down. They haven't really been super consistent, but they're on a three game win streak. They had a huge shooting night against Chicago state where they shot 69% from the field. And then nearly 73% from downtown. That was their best since 2007. They've got Justin Harmon back in the lineup. He was out with a, uh, with an injury. And um, but their schedule is not gonna get any easier, like we had mentioned with other teams, SFA and then Sam Houston, both games on the road. I think that'll be a good test to see. Okay, you're on a three-game win streak, you haven't been playing with a lot of consistency. Can you pull out two big wins?
2: And the other thing, looking at Utah Valley's schedule, not only do they have two those two games on the road, if you look ahead to the following week, then they have the Grand Canyon New Mexico State matchups the following week. So we're gonna oh, wow. find out a yeah. lot about. Utah Valley in, in these next four games. And we're seeing how tough it is for teams to go into Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston, especially on back-to-back, you know, going Thursday, Saturday, because they play such tough defense and watching a, a lot of that Sam Houston, Seattle U game last week, the Bearcats were shooting lights out and there were nine points out at the half. And then Seattle U really caught fire in the second half. And uh, perhaps Sam Houston, you know, well, tired out a little bit, at least from a shooting standpoint, but they, they play such tough defense. They're so hard to get around and it's a different style really than we see with uh, some of the other schools in the league. So it's, it's really interesting to watch to see how these, these matchups, you know, when, when teams have to go up to Seattle, that's, that's a long road trip for those two teams and vice versa when, these schools uh, come into Texas so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch so far and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Utah Valley and Dixie State play both those teams this week.
0: Hercules tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain Hercules tires invites you to ride on our strength for a retailer near you visit hercules tires.com.
1: Women's basketball. We have an undefeated team on the women's side, Stephen F. Austin,
2: Stephen F. Austin, and they handled uh, CBU. CBU had a uh, tough weekend as they played at Sam Houston. Going into that game, Sam Houston was last place in the WAC all of a sudden the Bearcats win have won three in a row. Uh, at one point, they were winless in the conference and, they, and then they beat uh, CBU. They also beat Seattle U, but they uh, really kind of controlled that game all the way of 73-65. They had a power outage in the middle of the game with the scoreboards that take about a 20-25 minute break, but I, I thought that might be advantageous to CBU and the fact that they were down at the time and maybe Sam Houston cools off, but Really, the game didn't change much after the break. And Sam Houston picks up a couple of big victories there. So we're not used to seeing this. Uh, CBU had not lost a conference game in two, two and a half years in the WAC as they went undefeated last year, were undefeated before that game. And then they had won the last couple of games there in that uh, 2020 season uh, as well. So uh, kind of interesting to see how CBU will now respond after losing two games, which we have not seen them do in a long time.
1: CBU will have a chance to get back into the win column as they host New Mexico State up next. But GCU, that's a team that, uh, you know, going into that SFA GCU game, we were kind of interested to see how that would would go. And the Lopes were leading by five at the half. And then just SFA just comes back and just dismantles Molly Miller's squad out there.
2: And that was a rescheduled game. So they played on Monday. So SFA had the. Back to back, playing CBU and then Grand Canyon. They're at home against uh, CBU on Saturday. Go to Grand Canyon on Monday. Those are the second and third teams uh, by the standings in the WAC, and they beat both of them. So, in case you were wondering, the uh, team to beat now uh, firmly the play flag is planted <laughs> in Nacogdoches, Texas.
1: Stephen F. Austin. And and you look at their roster. They have, of course, we've mentioned Stephanie Vischer numerous times, but they've got Brianna Mitchell. They've got Ayanna Johnson, Zion Nugent, who will play with or without her shoe on. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a a pretty stacked, you know, rotation of players that, that have been able to really gel together. And, you know, I, I didn't expect for them to be, you know, at this point, we knew they were going to be good, but we didn't know that they'd be this good at this point.
2: And getting to GCU, as you mentioned, Amara Graham had that buzzer beater against New Mexico State, her second buzzer beater of the season. And she was a great player at UTRGV. She transferred, a grad transfer to GCU, and she's really been uh, a catalyst for that team and, and one of the leaders of the Lopes this year. So that, that's a, a very good signing by Molly Miller. Obviously, I'm sure Lane Lord hated to see her go. But uh, she's really uh, come in and made some huge plays for the Lopes this year.
1: And Lamar was basketball. We talked a little bit about them earlier with uh, head coach Aqua Franklin about to come on to our segment. But they're a team that's really had to overcome a lot of adversity. Michaela Wilson, who was preseason All-WAC first team, was their leading scorer, and now she's suffered couple injuries, hasn't played very much. So now it's the freshman, Acacia Davis, who's been leading the way, Sabria Dean, a sophomore. So their two, one and two scores are our young guys. And then, you know, Brooklyn Mitchell, who was a transfer from Kansas, who was expected to play a lot. She's been dealing with some injuries. She hasn't gotten to play a lot. So you took what we thought they would be and, you know, would you have thought acacia davis would be their leading scorer right now i mean they've really had to
2: and especially them. as a freshman and acacia davis it's it's kind of been between her and Aaliyah collins uh, know, for a freshman right. of the week <laughs> Who's gonna have it most by the uh the you know they have four four or five a piece already and as we get to the postseason awards you know which which player would be the freshman of the year uh, i gotta think it's between those two just based on their seasons but we've also had some other very good uh seasons by freshmen especially on the women's side this year so in our WAC featured women's game of the week will be Grand Canyon visiting California Baptist that is on Saturday at one Pacific on ESPN plus those are the top two of the top three teams in the league right now
1: good opportunity for both those teams so California Baptist needs to break their two-game losing skid and then Grand Canyon Coming off that loss um, to Stephen F. Austin. So, both both teams trying to get back to the win column should be a great game. But with Wag Vegas coming up very shortly, yes. fans, viewers, you all have a chance to win tickets to Wag Vegas like we've been doing every week up until the tournament. And this week, in honor of Groundhog Day. Some likes to say groundhogs day because there actually are multiple groundhogs. And did you see the one, the one, uh, was it the Jersey groundhog that passed away right before
2: I did not this see big that. moment?
1: Oh my gosh. It's so sad. Everyone's making jokes about it on social media. Like winter is always going to be here. And I'm like, that is so sad. This man's this little guy's big moment. And he dies. So, you know, I did not find those things funny. I was very sad for that. Well,
2: Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil is the, the only groundhog I go by. <laughs> Uh, of course, from the movie Groundhog Day yeah. with Bill Murray, where he plays a Pittsburgh weatherman
1: yep.
2: and lives the same day over and over and over again. Gosh,
1: that was such a good movie. Famous
2: movie, not ever seen by Kendra Sheehan.
1: <laughs> I meant to watch on Groundhog Day. And what did I do? I don't know, but I, I didn't watch it. It was yesterday,
2: right? Yeah. So anyway.
1: I watched four. Uh,
2: <laughs> check Check our Groundhog Day contest. What was your moment in WAC history, you would want to have your team relive over and over again, like the movie. And we've, we've had some pretty good entries on that as well. And you want to check our social media each week as we have a contest leading up to WAC Vegas. And we're going to not have it the final two weeks because we got to get you the tickets and we need a little lead time there. So plus we have some other things going on. We'll have the indoor track and field championships. We'll have the swimming and diving championships and believe it or not next week, WAC softball
1: it starts. It's softball and then soon <laughs> baseball season. Can
2: you believe it?
1: No, I can't.
2: I can. <laughs> <laughs> so in softball, which is kind of interesting, uh, just a few years ago, we, we were down to six teams playing softball in the Wag. this year. We have divisions. Yeah. And in the West division, Seattle U is the pick to win. They won the WAC tournament last year. And in the Southwest Division, it is Stephen F. Austin, and they were a powerhouse last year in the Southland Conference. And they look to be a powerhouse once again this year.
1: Yeah, holy cow. They get the preseason player of the year, Shaylin Govin. The, she hit 383 infielder, uh, 15 home runs, 52 RBI. And then they get the. Pre-season player, And then they get the preseason pitcher of the year, Cassidy Wilbur, and she, she set school records herself. She's got a pretty impressive earned run average striking out 274 batters last season. I mean, the stats are pretty impressive on both of them. So I don't see Stephen F. Austin being any less of a threat this season
2: that will be underway uh, next Friday. And then next week, we'll have our flag baseball preview at this Ooh. time as well. So we're getting into spring sports already, even though Here in uh, Colorado, where we record the show, a little uh, chilly, as as they say, uh, the past few days uh, below zero and uh, Uh,
1: snowstorm. Yeah,
2: about five or six inches of snow where I live. I don't know what you wound up getting, but I know around the uh, Denver metro area, they got up to 12 inches of snow in places.
1: Yeah, all I know is that I just did not. I didn't come into the office. Uh, A little work from home day. Didn't leave the house because if I leave, then my parking spot will be taken. And I have to park on the roof, which I did last night. I went somewhere for 15 minutes and came back. Had to park on the roof this morning. Go to my car. It's frozen. It's icy. They didn't plow the roof. I mean, talk about.
2: Talk about problems.
1: Problems, (laughs) but.
2: (laughs) But, but still
1: baseball in and softball
2: are the baseball way, so uh, that, that's always good, Dad. Um, coming up next, we're going to have your interview with Lamar women's basketball coach, Aqua Franklin. You're listening to The Live Podcast.
0: Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength for a retailer near you. Visit Hercules dot com.
1: I'm Kendra Sheehan, joined by Lamar women's basketball head coach, Aqua Franklin. Cardinals are ten and eight on this season. Five and four in conference play and coach. You were picked to finish eighth in the league in the preseason coaches poll. Of course, you suffered some injuries along the way. How has this team had to adapt throughout the season so far?
3: Uh, This team is so resilient. Um, I I can't, I'm so proud of them and and all the obstacles that we've overcome. You know, Um, it's unfortunate that a few of our uh, players have sustained some injuries that, you know, we couldn't foresee. And uh, But, you know, one thing about this team, they've never given up. They've never stopped. Um, It's always been next man up no matter what. Um, And so, you know, we've done a great job of just coming out and playing when the lights come on, we're ready to go no matter who's available and who's not. And um, I think you know, we've put together a couple of stretches where we've won, you know, three games in a row. Um, we got to get over that hump and get to that fourth win, um, you know, without without any stoppage. Uh, fingers cr- crossed that we don't have any more stoppages. Um, but, you know, this 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 team, I I love them. Um, they play really hard, as you as you see. And, um, you know, we're, we're always up for any challenge that comes our
1: way. When you talk about the resilience of this team, that double overtime win against Utah Valley stands out in my mind. What did you learn about the heart of that team during that victory?
3: You know, throughout my career here, we've had, you know, a a handful of overtime games. And, you know, we've won – Uh, A few here and there, but we've never got over the hump where we can just we know we're going to go into this overtime and it's going to be our game. And so it was a huge stand for our program and for our young ladies to see that we have more in the tank always. Um, That Utah Valley gang was unbelievable uh, to coach, to be a part of. um, And and again, they showed their resilience of not giving up. Um, I mean, man, that's a well coached team. Um, any mistake we made, they capitalize on. Uh, they made adjustments coming out of halftime, and uh, you know our, our ladies just continue to grow and get better. And that's one of the games where we follow the game plan for forty minutes. Um, but you know, I, I always tell my team, God gives us tests until we pass them, and so this overtime was a was a test for us to see if we can uh, push through. Um, and, and and that was one of the games where we pressed for 40 minutes and we hadn't done that in a really long time. You know, we put the press on, we take it off, um, but we pressed for 40 minutes and then we were able to come away with 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 a W. So um, it just showed uh, what we have. And we had a lot of people step up when we had some people, you know, not not able to score the ball as well uh, with Sabria Dean. She struggled scoring, uh, but there was other people that stepped up like Angel Hastings off the bench.
1: Speaking of different people stepping up, who is somebody that has surprised you the most in a good way this season, whether it is the way that they're playing on the court or how they behave in their leadership off the floor?
3: Uh, Well, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Acacia Davis. I mean, she's a four-time freshman uh, of the week in the WAC, and I mean, just an unbelievable kid. Um, Just as good as she is on the court, she's even better off the court. It's a 4.0 student. I mean, she's just loved by her teammates. Um, she she wants to come in and do whatever it takes. Um, she she doesn't even know how good she can be yet. Uh, the ceiling is, you know, I don't think she has one. Um, it's kind of like the sky's the limit for her, but she just continues to get better each and every day. Um, and, and her teammates support her uh, in that role with her being, you know, young. And I've told her, you know, after Christmas, you're not a freshman no more. You got to grow up. And uh, she's done a great job of taking on the role of being our leading scorer and um, I, I'm just excited to be a part of her journey and uh, I know her teammates are really excited to have her because it opens it up uh, for our outside game as well.
1: And no one expects you to be playing your best basketball in December and January, but you've seen spurts of brightness for your team. As we enter February, when do you hope that this team is playing at its peak consistently?
3: Uh, now, you know. <laughs> February for us, you know, our, our next uh, five out of six games are at home, um, and so it, it's a great time for us to get on a roll, uh, to take uh, to take advantage of this of home court advantage, um, and so I, I think right now um, is is a great time for us to get going. I mean, we're we're getting to uh, play against our uh, travel partner this week and then we have a bye week uh, so then we can you know hopefully get this win on Thursday um, heal up a little bit get some time off our legs rest up also you know maybe put in a couple of new things to get us through uh, the next home stretch right before uh, conference tournament.
1: And the Cardinals are seven and two when playing at home. And we talked earlier when we spoke at basketball preview days about defense and that being a priority for this team. Where has this team come defensively from when you guys first started?
3: Uh, a really long way. You know, we had to make some adjustments uh, coming off of COVID, not playing our first two games um, and not having our wind under us because, you know, we were shut down for a few days. And so um, we, we went from being a predominant man-to-man team to having to mix it up and play some zone and uh, our, our young ladies adjust it really really well and I mean it's it's kind of what's the game plan coach and we're, we're going to make sure we follow it and, and our like I said our young ladies are used to being able to adjust um, that's kind of been my career here with the first season was you know team trying to get to know a new coach the second year was COVID year and now here we are and so Uh, adjusting to the travel and different things that come along with playing in the WAC. And so, uh, but we, we've done a, a tremendous job of switching back and forth from man to zone and our young ladies have just followed the game plan.
1: And you mentioned playing your travel partner in your first of four games at home, UTRGV. What have you seen from them and how important is it to get a win and start this home stretch the right way?
3: Yeah, well, one thing, they're coached really, really well. I've known uh, Lane for a really good time, uh, for a really long time, and uh, we're going to kind of see ourselves offensively. We both both run uh, dribble drive, um, a a few different kinks here and there, Uh, so we're going to have to keep the ball in front, not foul, Um, and then defensively, we're going to have to take away their three-point shot, turn their threes into twos, and Uh, They do a really good job of spreading the floor um, and they have a lot of people that can shoot the ball really, really well. And so that's something that we're going to have to adjust to and uh, make sure we're there on the catch. But, you know, I think it's going to be an unbelievable game and uh, we're up for the challenge. I'm I'm glad that this first one is on, uh, on our home court.
1: And with February being Black History Month, you guys are wearing black jerseys. How important is it for you as a coach in this position to continue to pay the path for women in the industry?
3: Well, you know, it's really, really important for them, for our young ladies to see representation you know, um, on on our sideline within our staff, and so um, I think it's really important that we uh, celebrate Black History Month, celebrate um, the past, the future, uh, the present, and the future uh, for our young ladies. Um, you know, our our team uh, led a march last year um, on campus with with all uh, they got the whole university together. And we walked around campus and uh, they stood up for what they believed in. And so I think it's really important for me as a coach to make sure I give them that platform uh, to use their voices and to represent uh, the things that they want to uh, represent.
2: One of the interesting things in that interview, Kendra, that Aqua Franklin mentioned was that double overtime win against Utah Valley. And that really uh, might be the, the the, where, where the bar is set right now for Lamar basketball, Utah Valley went to the NCAA tournament last year. They went a tough game and learned how to maybe win with kind of some young players on the team.
1: Yeah, I don't think... I think Lamar has kind of been this uh, sneaky underrated team, but you look at the pieces that they've had, you look at, you know, who they've had to, which players have had to step up. It's not the team that we thought it was going to be, but it's a team that is coming up with big wins and they're playing really well at home. They have an opportunity to take five, four, four um, wins at home. I think five of their six games are actually at home in this stretch. So, uh, but four in a row, they have a lot of, opportunity to build some momentum here so really excited to see Lamar women's basketball and actually on Thursday I believe is their fight for literacy night
2: (laughs) and those games are at the end of February and then we have in March they visit UTRGV and California Baptist to close the season
1: making a trip out to Riverside California
2: well the the good news could be is uh you go there and then you go to Vegas
1: that's right do you even come home in between?
2: That's a good question. Maybe we get Uncle Franklin back on the phone. I know.
1: Should have asked her. She'd say she's not looking that, uh, that far I would, I would
2: probably think not. We want to thank uh, Coach Franklin for joining us on the Road to WAG Vegas and on the podcast here. And we want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com dot com.